Look at Samuel 17, page 374. I hadn't turned it on yet. I'm slipping here. Okay. Okay, Second Samuel 17 and verse 23. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and rose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in a sepulcher of his father. Tonight, I want to preach on Ahithophel, the ticking bomb. Ahithophel, the ticking bomb. Now, I really pray you will um, give listening to. I probably been thinking about this, pondering this message for a month or two and just seeking the Lord when the right time to preach it. And I thought all day that, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to be 100% or do the best or be bombastic, but you know what? It ain't about me. It's about God's Word finding a lodging place. And that's hearing a word and then doing something about it. So let's pray. Brother Ronnie. Amen. My doctor told, asked me Tuesday, she said, have you made plans for somebody to be preaching uh, uh, at the church? Yes, ma'am, I have. So I hadn't lied to her. <laughs> Amen. One of the plans she wanted, she'll, be over, she'll get over it. There are many Old Testament Bible characters that all of us know. Names such as Abraham and Isaac and Jacob Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Daniel, and all so on. But then there's some that we don't know much about. 
You don't mention their, their you never, have you ever heard anybody name their child Ahithophel? And uh, uh, first of all, most people can't spell it. And so, uh, but never do you ne- hear anybody name their child that. But there are some people that their lives, their lives, and was put in the holy right of God. And because of that, they become very, very important. Their life story meant something for you and me here tonight. And so we find this man, this grandfather, if you will, named Ahithophel. I like this. An eight-year-old wrote, A grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own, so she likes other people's boys and girls. Grandmas don't have anything to do except be there. If they can take us for a walk, they slow down past pretty leaves and caterpillars. They never hurry up. Usually they're fat, but not too fat to tie shoes. They wear glasses, and sometimes they can take their teeth out. They can answer questions like why dogs hate cats and why God isn't married. They don't talk like uh, visitors do, which is hard to understand. When they read to us, they don't skip words or mind if it is the same story again. Everybody should try to have a grandmother, especially if you don't have television, because grandmas are the only grown-ups who always have time. Amen. No words could express the love of a grandparent. And that's exactly what Ahithophel had for his granddaughters. But let me show you three things in this story tonight. First of all, I see the blessing that distinguished his life. If you trace Ahithophel through the Bible, one thing that you immediately Learn about the man. He was a counselor. He counseled. Twice he's called a counselor. At least ten times his counsel is specifically referred to. So he was a counselor, if you will. Notice, he was a popular counselor. People sought out a hit the field. His advice was respected in regard, revered. When people need someone's input or, or suggestion, someone would say, go find a hit the field. He can, he can answer it for you. It was a prestigious counselor, 2 Samuel 15, 12. And Absalom sent for a hit the field, the Gileanite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Jilo, which he offered sacrifices and he conspired, and the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased and continually with Absalom. First Chronicles 7, 27, 23. And Ahithophel was the king's counselor, and Hushai the archite was the king's companion. He was David's personal counselor. As our president has counselors around him, David had a hit of him. I can imagine, uh, as they would sit for breakfast, 
the king said, well, Ahithophel, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about us doing this? Or what do you think about us doing that? He was uh, the king's counselor. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, over in the book of Psalms, David spoke of him as a dear, close friend. David said, he, he was whom we had sweet counsel together and we had, had, had good times together. And I, I can imagine, if, if you will, that uh, uh, Ahithophel was um, much like Ronnie is to me. You know, we, we're, we're here, we work every day, all day long, and I'll bounce stuff off of him. What do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? He was the king's counselor. Not only that, he was a premier counselor. Second Samuel sixteen twenty three, and the council of the Hithophel, which he counseled in those days. Now listen, to what the Bible says was as if a man had inquired at the oracles of God. So was all the counsel of the Hithophel, both with David and with Absalom. In other words, here's what it was. When Ahithophel, the Bible said, it was as if God was talking. Wow. Man. He was a powerful man. And it was as if it, it, it literally, literally, it was as if God was talking. Oh, I love, as a matter of fact, I love good advice. But I read this one time about Irma Bombeck on good advice, she said this, never have more children than you have a car windows. Never loan your car to someone to whom you have given birth. Amen. Pick your friends carefully. A friend never goes on a diet when you are fat or tells you how lucky you are to have a husband who remembers Mother's Days when his gift is a smoke alarm. Seize the moment. Remember all those women on the Titanic who waved off the dessert bar. Never be in a hurry to terminate a marriage. Remember, you may need this. Man, woman, someday to finish the sentence. There are no guarantees in marriage, but if that's what you're looking for, go live with a serious battery. The advice of a Ahithophel was not only good advice, but it was godly Advice. I mean, it was the kind of advice that um, was levels above everyone. Um, I thought about when I was in college and Dr. Lockie would talk. And when he was in a room and whole room was whole, filled up with preachers and pastors. And when he would say something, everything would just get quiet. Nobody said a word. And everything hung on every word he had to say. And he still is that way today. See, the kind of advice that Ahithophel gave was much greater than anyone else's. But then the story ended. It changed. Something happened. Something happened. 
He was blessed that distinguished his life. But then there was a bitterness that defiled his life. There was something that happened in Hithophel's life that he just never turned loose. He never took it to God and said, God, I want this forgiven. I want to forgive this. And it was allowed, it was that something that was allowed to just simmer and just tick, tick, tick in his life. We see a hit the field had a granddaughter. We may not be familiar with Ahithophel's name, but everybody knows his granddaughter's name. First of all, I see an affair that pierced his heart. Second Samuel 23, 30, 20, 23, 34. Eliphat, the son of Abishai, the son of Mathot, Elam, the son of Hithophel, the Gileanite. Notice with me in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 3. And David sent and inquired after the woman. One said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? So, Elam was a Hithophel's son. Bathsheba was his granddaughter. I could imagine how proud he was of her. And I could imagine how he was so heartbroken and grieved with her when news came that her husband was killed in battle. And then no doubt, a few days went by and somebody said, I hit the field. I think y'all know something. David, King David, had an affair with, a, with Bathsheba. Not only that, but the king gave orders for, for Uriah to be murdered. Then I thought of this. I never thought about this till today. But Hithophel's only great grandbaby, God said the child didn't live. And so, could you imagine the hurt they felt? I mean, he loved her deeply. Could you imagine David 
I can't believe this. Then we see the anger that polluted his heart. It would appear from the events that followed Ahithophel blamed David for everything. It was David who seduced his granddaughter. It was David who drove, drawn her into an adulterous affair. It was David that convinced Adonai's son-in-law's death. It was David that brought a scar upon his granddaughter's name. As far as Ahithophel's concerned, it was David's fault. And that began to burn rage in his heart. I'm going to tell you something. I believe I witnessed this. And I don't know where it started with this individual. But I believe somewhere, someplace, they they disagreed or they got angry or they disliked it and and they just allowed that stuff to simmer and to grow and grow and grow. It might be in your life today, tonight. It might be something days, years, months gone by that you're just simply not willing to turn loose and forgive. And it's right on the surface. Ahithophel, how you doing? I'm fine, David. I'm fine, King David. I'm doing good. There is nothing to tell us that David ever expected anything to be there. It was right under the surface. He'd walk by and smile at him, say, hey, David, how you doing? And then when he walked by, he would burn in anger towards him. This to me, bitterness, bitterness, will poison your life. It will poison you. And no ma- you say, well, as a matter of fact, we could all agree. He had a right to be angry. He had a right to, for, I mean, David didn't do him wrong. He had a right to be this way. He, he had a right to, 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 to feel this way. But he was the wrong. He allowed that to become internally who he was. And when he looked for the opportunity, I'm amazed how that people look for opportunities to start someone else. And he finds that he, he come and the Bible says, then said to Absalom, they hit the field, give counsel among you, what shall we do? Later on, later on, uh, as Absalom took the kingdom, and as David begins to run, and Absalom took the kingdom, a hit the field. Now a hit the field sees his time. A hit the field says, I'm going to get even. A hit the field says, I'm going to fix him. He's filled with anger. I'm, I'm going to do him. I'm going to, I'm going to hurt him for what he's done. And a hit the field says this. Go in, in unto the father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house. And all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred thy father. Then shall the hands of that, that are with thee be strong. Here's what he's saying. This good counselor, this godly counselor, now is given godless counselor. 
He's telling him to go in and commit adultery. He's telling him to go in. Now, Absalom was a wicked man, but he did this off the counsel of Ahithophel. He's a bitter man. Someone has said it so well. Hurting people hurt people. I think of a classified ad. <laughs> Wedding dress for sale, never worn. We'll trade for a thirty-eight caliber pistol. A survey, a discipleship journal. Readers write, it is a great spiritual challenge to them. Materialism, pride, self-centeredness, lazy, and tied for fifth, anger and bitterness and sexual lust. Seventh, envy, gluttony, lying. Such was the case of the Hitfield. He had a life that had been so, so good, so, so powerful. What Hitfield could have done for good that had been allowed to grow. I need to ask a real personal question. Not for somebody else, but for you. When you're not not verbalized, I don't want it verbalized, but when you think about it, what makes you angry? Did somebody wrong you? I remember one time, Acres Chair Company. I worked next next to Lucifer. I'm sure of it, or the, if not Lucifer, the Antichrist. And he persecuted me. Literally, he persecuted me. And every day, I tolerated that thing. I I done some. I, I found tracks. I went and bought tracks. I gave him over a hundred gospel tracks secretly. One day he, he recognized me in my pocket. He recognized what it was. He said, you. And he come back and he threw them all at me. And um, one day I got so obsessed with that man that I went to work. I went in that morning with the intent of hurting him. Could you imagine? Guard him. God, in his grace and mercy, he wasn't there. I went in my boss man's office, and I said, I quit. He said, why are you quitting? I said, I come to hurt that man. I meant to hurt him. I meant to hurt him. He said, you're going home, and you come back Monday. And so I went home, come back Monday, and they had let him go, moved him to another place because I wasn't the only one who wanted to hurt him. And I remember that day, I'm not going to live that life. Somebody wronged you. Somebody hurt you. Somebody did something you didn't agree with. Somebody, you can't believe they would do you that way. 
And let me help you understand something. You cannot change them. The only person that hurts is you. So we see the behavior that destroyed him. Thomas Fuller said, Malice has a strong memory. After the Civil War, Robert E. Lee visited a a Kentucky woman who uh, took him out to the backyard and he saw she he saw the remains of a tree. She bitterly cried and, uh, and and told him how the tree had been destroyed by the artillery fire and all the the war. And after a brief silence, Lee said, "Cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it." That's what Hithophel should have done. But he couldn't forget it. Because we see how bitterness would dominate your life. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Let me now choose out 12,000 men that I will rise and pursue after David this, this time. And I will come upon him while he is weary and we candid, and we'll make him afraid. And all the people that are with him shall flee, and he shall smite. And, and, and I will smite the king only. Ahithophel counsel was to Absalom, go after him. Go after him. You can overtake him right now. Go after him, and you can destroy him. And may I say, it would have worked. I hit the field's counsel would have worked. But notice something. While David's a fleeing and Absalom's taking over, while David's a fleeing, a man comes up to him and said, David, I hit the field is amongst the conspirators. And David prayed this prayer. Lord, turn his counsel to naught. About that time, one of the other men with him, who shot, David said, what are you doing with me? He said, well, where the king goes, I'm going. He said, oh no, he said, you'll, you'll help me more by just going down and being my counselor. And when Ahithophel gives his counsel, then you give your counsel. Ahushai said, and I'm paraphrasing, boy, you know your daddy. He's like a bear that's lost her cubs. You go after him now, and I, I want you to know you're not defeat him. He's strong. He won't be with him. You'll not get him. I'd wait. Assemble an army, and then go hunt him up and get him. And Absalom said, you know, I think Ahithophel's advice is better. And when Ahithophel heard that, now listen, heard that, here's what he said. Ahithophel said to Absalom, the counsel that Ahithophel had given is not good at this time. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey, arose, and got him home to his house, to his city, put his household in order, and hanged himself 
and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Ahithophel knew something. He knew that his counsel no longer was going to be followed. You know, he had, a, he had an opportunity here. I believe that Ahithophel had went to David and said, David, I want you to forgive me. I want God to forgive me. And I believe God would have done that very thing. But you know, his pride, his pride would not allow him to humble himself and get that thing right. His pride, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, no matter what. And it destroyed him. And the Bible says, he that is often reproved, often reproved and rejected, God said, be destroyed without remedy. Person I'm talking about, thinking about. I'm convinced had a root of bitterness. And his pride just wouldn't allow it to turn it loose until he was destroyed without a remedy. Here tonight, Horace Bushnell said, forgiveness is a man's deepest need and highest achievement. Mark Twain put it this way, forgiveness is a fragrance of the, that the flower leaves on the heel of the one who crushed it. Unforgiveness makes one a prisoner with a death sentence hanging over his head. An unforgiving spirit will eventually destroy a person. You say, preacher, you, you, you don't understand what that person done to me. Well, may I ask you, did that person beat you with a cat nine tails? Did that person put a crown of thorns on your head? Did that person force you to carry a cross? Did that person nail you to that cross? Did that person do that? And yet, our sins did that to Jesus. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God is my witness. I don't have an odd against a man. But if I did, if I had to crawl, I'd get it right. Husbands, you've been simmering for years over something, a mistake, a fault. You've been simmering for years. Won't tonight you come to the altar and turn that mess loose and forgive? Wife, you've been simmering. I mean, you, 
He, he, he wronged me. He done this. He done it. You've been simmering that for years and years and years. And it just keeps. And anytime you're getting bad, that's the first thing that comes up. Anytime in this year, a new beginning, a new a renewing, that y'all, that we get back that first love. That first love. Life's too short. Life is too short. It, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Two people living in the same house, mad at one another. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. And I, and I, I don't know, you, you may think, well, bless God, I ain't never done that. I know, but so you're saying you're sinless? You never did wrong? Last I checked, we're all sinners and we're all just dust. Last I checked, we all need forgiveness on a regular basis. Amen. Oh, I, 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 man, that child broke my heart. I've known parents that have actually disowned their children because of something they've done. Boy, I'm glad my daddy didn't disown me. And I've done a lot. I wonder tonight, and I know it's, I know it's not been very bombastic, and, um, but I, I believe it's the message tonight. I wonder tonight, is there something there? You just need to get honest enough with God and say, God, forgive me and turn it loose. So I'll stand up every head bowed and every eye closed.